podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I'm very well, Laura, yourself, and I was just saying, excuse the barnet, because I'm getting it cut the minute this broadcast uh, stops, so I know it's before the watershed, but... Aye, all out, all out in your good clobber <laughs> for the big boys down in London, and then we get this, what's that about? <laughs> yes, I have perfected the hedge drag through a man backwards today, so yeah, there you go. Excellent, and I'm also joined by Jim Orr, how you doing, Jim? Good, Laura, good... Good to be here. Good, good. Another, uh, well, an interesting week for us, obviously a, a big uh, result in Europe to talk about. Uh, you know, I know that you both were at the game, so um, I'll, I'd be fascinated to get your thoughts on that and a look ahead to the game tomorrow against St Johnston as well this weekend, which as always we'll be covering on our match coverage. But before we do that, um, Tony, we were talking um, a little bit before we came on air and I really wanted to get your thoughts yeah. as a journalist as somebody who's been in this game if you want to put it that way for you know over 20 years and uh i've seen a lot of videos doing the rounds there was one in australia that, that got quite a bit of traction of you know a sort of Angie's best bits of his responses to to journalists and reporters he's become quite famed for for the sharpness of his tongue and the turn of phrase that he uses um as a journalist, you know, everybody's having a good laugh with it and things like that. But what are your thoughts on it as somebody who, you know, has been in that professional environment? My first thought is see if he calls you mate, you're in trouble. <laughs> there's, a, there's a giggly coming your way if he calls you mate. Listen, it's football showbiz. He's a, he's a grown-up, you know, he's an adult. He can answer the questions in whatever way he wants. But see if he perceives it to be disrespectful, then expect a disrespectful answer. You know, I was stood next to him last week when one of the journalists asked him, you've you've cut the gap to four points. And he did, he shot him a glance and it was humorous. And he says, I thought the league was over, mate. And he half cocked a smile. 
that doesn't come through on broadcast or when it's put out there, you know. But I was standing on that and he was laughing. He was, you know, and he said, uh, we'll just run our own race. You know, it was just a kind of a wee bar back as if, you know, two weeks ago the league was supposedly over. You know, it's not. I told you that. But, you know, so I, I've got no qualms about Ange uh, answering questions the way he wants. I say, we're, we're all adults. You know, it's uh, he... You know, do is he somebody that I, I want to face on a regular basis? Of course, it is. I, I want to know his thoughts. Uh, I the the question after that I asked him was this this team's got gears because I said it was a controlled measure performance without actually hitting heights and hitting the gears, and he agreed and he went and he spoke about that as well. That I've been telling you that since I came in, you know that kind of thing. So, you know, you it's the old phrase isn't it? Ask a silly question, expect a silly answer. Ask a disrespectful question, then. You know, you'll get a disrespectful answer back. You know, and the, the clips that are doing the rounds, you know, Australians are probably a bit bemused by the nature and style and the phrasing of certain questions. I can understand that, you know, but, you know, a lot of managers get questions like that and then they'll say, oh, but they don't ask questions like this to Stephen Gerrard or, or, or whoever, you know, but, you know, journalists ask questions that they see fit, that they think are relevant at the time. Sometimes they might come out and go, hmm, maybe wasn't expecting that answer. But as I say, football managers and players are adults. They can choose to answer the questions whatever way they see fit. You know, and nobody's shaping their minds. And sometimes, you know, the questions might be loaded in a certain way. You know, you can say to a player, was that your best goal ever? You're looking for the best ever goal headline, aren't you? You know, yeah. but a lot of them can see that coming around the corner. You know, and is pretty, pretty shrewd. I think he can see that coming around the corner and I think he'll defend his club, he'll defend his players, he'll defend his system and he'll defend himself at every conceivable opportunity. You know, and I, and I, I always say that some managers and players are comfortable doing their media duties, some aren't. But I think Angie's got a great sense of humour. You know, it's, it's very deadpan. You know, it can be a bit, and that can also involve some, some bad comments, but I think we can also feel guilty of taking things a bit too serious. You know, the, the guy's only been here for a few months. He, he is lightening up. He's he's beginning to show that he's enjoying it and cracking some kind of one-liners as well. Maybe he wants a bit back from the journalists as well. So, uh, you know, I, as I say, I've, I've got no qualms about putting myself in that environment and, and firing questions into him. And, you know, and I, I'm always of the opinion, if I ask a silly question, I'll get a silly answer. And if I'm <laughs> Disrespectful then uh, to someone, or, or they perceive me to be disrespectful, then I will I will get a disrespectful answer back. So it's it's uh, as I said there, it's it's football showbiz, you know, and nobody, nobody gets hurt at the end of the day. You no, know, nothing bad happens, you know. So we, you, as Jim would say, you ask a question, you get an answer, you move on. Yeah, no, it's it's one of these things that you know. It's interesting you raise that point about you know. Set, setting them up for the answer that you want with the question that you give and that's yeah. something that is as a host I've, I've like trained myself to do a little bit we've talked off air about you know the you nature set, of set me, me up that yeah, question <laughs> me, me basically knowing what you want to say or, or what what I think you will say and setting up the question yeah. in that way and that's one reason I'm glad I don't have to speak to Ange Postacoglu because I'm not always entirely sure what's going to come out of his mouth but Jim um. Tony raised an interesting point about it there. You know, I think there's a bit of a divide 
uh, amongst the support. Some people seem to be sharing these comments from from Ange in a kind of yeah, you get them. Tell Ange, you know, they they ask rubbish questions. Uh, give them give them all you can with the answers back. But where do you sit on that? Is it for you? Is it more what Tony says, the humorous side, or is he is he thinking some of the questions are disrespectful and sort of giving as good as he gets? I think Tony's giving you a very good insight from from his side of the fence. I think from the fans' side of the fence. It is all good fun. And I think we live in this goldfish bowl where we scrutinise every word that people say and how they say it and interpret that through our own vision and think, well, he's having a go, he's not having a go. I think the big chap's really good fun. I think uh, he's refreshing. He's not from the goldfish bowl. So when he gets asked certain types of questions, he looks totally bemused to me. As if to say, why are you asking me that? question, you know, and you can see he's holding himself back, I think, from saying you're an idiot, you know, don't ask me questions like that, so I think it's good fun uh, I just think because the whole thing is so intense, you know every game's a must-win game you know, we're looking for reasons why things didn't happen, we're questioning refereeing decisions, etc, etc, so we're all a bit hyper, and I've always said right after a game is maybe not the best time to talk to people uh, that's why I'll never go in one of these match day podcast because you're because <laughs> you're full of emotion at that point in time and then once you kind of sit back and reflect on it then you will say something a bit different maybe a bit more sensible and uh, I think he's I think he's good fun uh, and long may it continue uh, and I think he's coming at this with a completely different yeah. set of eyes and, and his eyes have been opened and I think the Australians are then having their eyes opened as well having to look what the big man's having to deal with so at the end of the day as Tony says, nobody gets hurt in this thing. I mean, much as we might malign journalists, it's a skilled profession, you know. Mm. And as you know yourself, Laura, how you ask questions, when you ask questions, the way you ask questions, how you lead people, are they open questions, are they close questions, all that kind of stuff goes into this as well. And uh, I'm okay with that. I think it's good fun. And, and given social media is just you know, absolutely bonkers most of the time, it's, it's, it's more food for that, I think. And uh, it is quite funny as... Tony alluded to then, he has got that kind of deadpan sense of humour. And he's under tons of pressure as well. Yeah. Wait till he wins the league and <laughs> laugh a minute with a big jumper. Laugh a minute. Yeah. Yeah, I think it I think it's been good fun. I think it's been refreshing, like you say, to have somebody kind of coming out and looking at the the goldfish bowl that is Scottish football and the relatively small pond that it is compared to some of the bits of the world he's seen and, and him kind of uh, you know alluding to that. It's the obdurate eyes that are on it, Laura. That's what's refreshing and interesting to yourself, Jim, and I, uh, and myself. No, that and, that's it, and that's actually you the know? main point, Tony. That's actually the main point yeah. because the thing I, you know, if you put on a radio station, TV station, you've got the same people who've been yeah. in this game forever. So they're looking at it through their eyes again. And it's yeah, good yeah. to get somebody to come in who's, who's not looking at it through those eyes and pointing yeah. out some things that no one else has pointed out before. And that's why, I mean, I don't think our game is particularly good at the moment. I don't think our standing is particularly good because I think we tend to repeat the same old mistakes. I mean, the people who are in the SFA, you know, are kind of come through the same route again. And to have new people coming in with new ideas, that's how you get on. And that's and that's what's exciting about it. You know, whether we win the league or not, it's going to be a very exciting season. And there's going to be loads of interesting things the big guy's going to say. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm I'm always, you know, it's, it's funny, especially obviously last season, I, I wasn't really particularly interested towards the end of his reign what the previous manager had to say, but um, I'm always tuning into Angie's press conferences because I'm always interested to see what they have to say. And I'm glad to say that folk on uh, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, everybody who's watching uh, seems to be interested in what we're saying. Stevie on YouTube says, good to see the original Friday lineup back. And Jim's upgraded his Wi-Fi. I think you're about... Oh, that was years ago. I was, was going to say... I was going to say... That's, that's a few months ago now. Come on, Steve. That was always Ange like repost there, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I handed my walkie-talkie in with a big string in the middle. That's, that's a way. But, uh, no, I'm, I have to say I'm glad to be uh, there. Jolly Nuts back together and glad that everybody can see it. But we'll move on from Ange and his... Uh, retorts humorous or otherwise to talk a little bit more about the game I was going to say Tuesday night there but obviously it was Tuesday afternoon a half past three kickoff um Jim I'll come to you first the, the first thing that came to mind for me was was the turnout uh, was incredible for the time that it was on at the amount of shuffling of work and school duties and things like that that people have to do did the atmosphere live up to the to the expectations as much as the the attendance did for you? First thing to see, the traffic is horrendous around Celtic Park <laughs> in most match days, and it was worse on Tuesday afternoon. So, if anyone's listening, who can do anything about the traffic situation? Going to get your finger out and do something because this is it's just awful. Uh, what a surprise in the crowd! You would expect a big crowd uh, for a European game, quite surreal, playing at you know, half past three on a Tuesday afternoon. There should be no need for it. And the Green Brigade put uh, banners up to that effect. Uh, and when you look at the reasons why we were playing, because there was Champions League football on night, and, and football's, you know, to me is completely lost the plot. Mm. You know, uh, if that's how they've been dictated to, you know, it shouldn't happen. But yeah, I mean, I expect a big crowd, 50,000 is a, is a good sized crowd. Surprised so it wasn't even more than that, to be honest, given the fact we've got, you know, 50,000 season tickets. But then again, people maybe can't get off work. Or, or off school or whatever. It's okay for kind of old retired people like me. You can just wander <laughs> along. But uh, yeah, it was a good crowd. Uh, that was a bit of a so-so first half, to mm. be honest. You know, half time I'm thinking, well, if this is European football, am I that bothered? Uh, because uh, I thought they kind of cancelled each other out. But when the goal went in, because of the quality of the goal, I think it just raised the whole place. You know, the atmosphere it suddenly went from, you know, to like, whoa. Yeah. And everyone was like, we're right into it then. And the, uh, Play some really good football. Should have scored bags load more goals, and hopefully we don't regret that because I, there's no reason why we can't go over there and lose two 0 You know, and we're doing a goal difference and what have you. That four 0 scalp another week might come into it. So I think we're missing too many chances. We're not working the goalkeepers enough. Same happened at Motherwell last week. You know, we need to put games to bed. So I always talk about that when you're when you're two goals up, you're in that kind of endurance zone. You're kind of you're waiting for them to score, and all of a sudden panic stations hit. So you need that third goal to get into the, you know, the kind of enjoyment zone that you can sit back and think, well, three goals up, we're not going to lose this. But I thought uh, it was a really good performance. Uh, I thought Ralston was outstanding again. You know, if I had to pick my top five players this season, he's certainly in that top five. I thought he was outstanding. He's consistently given us seven out of ten performances every single week. And he's also, without going over all ground, he's doing a badder's job as well. A badder never beats anyone. A badder gets the ball and waits for Tony. Where's Tony? There's Tony. Pass the ball to Tony. Mm. See, Ralston's playing. He's playing fullback. He's playing that inverted midfield fullback, and he's playing right winger. You know, he's been absolutely 
outstanding. Tony Olsen, so uh, good performance, great crowd, uh, lifted the whole place. Uh, I never thought we were going to get second place. I said that last week. I thought the other two teams, a bit too much quality. I think that draw last night in Betis, you know, I think that, that'll take the two of them through. It'll be a tough game over there. They'll want revenge. Uh, there are no mugs. I mean, even even we could should have won the game uh, by a lot more. There are no mugs in, in their own uh, playing at home. I think it'll be a tough game in a couple of weeks' time. So third place is by no means guaranteed yet, but certainly uh, it was good. It was good, and you come away from the game thinking we should play more games on Tuesday afternoon. It was really good fun. You know, Traffic so. aside, Jim. Traffic, Traffic aside. Traffic aside, yeah. <laughs> Tony, you were obviously there uh, with a couple of the other uh, guys from from Axom. I think Russell and Declan were both there with a few others. Um, yeah, so you you got a chance to obviously watch the game live. What were your uh, assessments of it? Do you agree with Jim? Was it a bit flat before the goal went in, or or how how did the game progress for you? As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. First half was pretty flat and pedestrian, I thought. Joe Hart had the, the biggest save of the, the matchup until then, but second half, the, the Jim's right, the goal, and because of the nature of the goal, I don't say this often enough, or often at all, but the goal's a thing of beauty. Mm. If Xavi or Iniesta passed that to Messi, and he kills it like that and buries it like that. That's been shown on our look for time on perpetual motion. Mm. That's a wonderful, wonderful football goal. You'll go a long way to see a pass, a 60-yard pass executed like that to somebody's feet. No high, no waist height to somebody's feet. And in the instant control and the finish. And Kyogo in that moment knew he couldn't miss. Mm. It was really important. And that's what I was talking about very early when he was snatching at things and that coolness, he showed it then. It's a wonderful goal. It lifted the stadium. It lifted the fans. It just lifted the tempo. Because Celtic should have battered them four or five after that. Okay, they missed the penalty. Anybody can miss a penalty, but they missed two real guilt edges after that as well. But it was a, it was as good a performance as you've seen from Andy's men so far. Uh, Altmar, yeah, apart. I thought that was a right good performance too at home and obviously the St Mern and Dundee games because they scored six and it was a bit rip-roaring, free-flowing, free never boring. Uh, you know, but that second half was, was pretty terrific, you know, and I, I was, in, I think I came away like every Celtic supporter enthused 
thought we'd mm. give ourselves a chance for second place. We gave that's what we had to do. Give ourselves a fighting chance. Yeah, it's going to be difficult, but I think I, I said afterwards last week that last minute equaliser at Ibrox and the two 0 win at Motherwell, I felt a momentum shift just in general and everything amongst the supports, amongst the players, amongst the manager. That's two clean sheets in a row now. You know, whilst it's not brilliant, we are still ticking along nicely, to be fair. You know what I mean? But we are. And it's coming together and you can see it coming together. And that's what's pleasing the supporters. And the manager can see it coming together. He now has options. Mikey Johnson came on. Jack Amakis came on. Love the look of Jack Amakis. I look, I look at people and I think, is it natural? Everything he did was natural for a big guy. Mm. You want to rough it up, I'll go rough and tumble with you. You want to play it nice in the deck, a couple of lovely layoffs, lovely chest control and a, and a volley, which went over the bar, you know, and, uh, and, and he won a couple of headers and I thought, do you know what? Really good. Really enjoyed that cameo, Mikey Johnson's cameo as well. But the problem with Mikey Johnson for me is he's not done that enough. He's not been consistent enough to warrant a start in the Celtic lineup, But you see things happening. You hear Forrest is coming back. That could maybe replace Abada. Jim Good Whippin. idea, Tony. Good idea. Well done. Well done. <laughs> James Whipping boy at the minute. Uh, Julian, hopefully coming back soon as well. Things are falling into place, right? It's been a slow burner, but you can see some light at the end of the tunnel with this team and playing some decent football in the process. So, yeah. I'm, I'm like everybody else. You don't want to say too much and get carried away, but you are liking what you're seeing. And Ferenc Farah's game put a smile on everybody's face. The, the first goal was just outstanding for me. I think yeah. also, Laura, that uh, what was encouraging about the last two games was the second half performances. I think uh, earlier in the season, that was the big issue that played well in the first half, kind of like faded in the second half. But both are really, really strong performances, much better in the first half. So is, is that an indication that they're getting used to Angie's way of playing football, are they fitter now or whatever? But certainly that's more encouraging because uh, I don't think we've played a game this season where we've lost the first goal and come back and won the game, you know, and that's always a kind of, kind of good sign to do that. So not that I want that to happen, but it'll be interesting to see that, you know, because you do need that kind of fortitude in the second half to come back if we were to lose a goal, you know, first. So, but yeah, I, I think that's the most encouraging thing. And if we just kind of maybe take our chances... A bit more, just be a wee bit, a wee bit more careful in that last third. And I echo Tony's sentiment. I thought the big chap, Yakimakis, was was outstanding. You know, just looked dead confident. Give me the ball, I'll hold up for you. It also wasn't afraid to have a proper go. The one where he put it in his chest and the overhead kick. I think as a player who's yeah. a bit of confidence, you know, you couldn't see a Yeti doing that. You know, he just walked into the team, looks looks full of confidence. And, and something I've said before, and I'll repeat it again, I'd love to see a tweak of that system to get him and Kyogo. And up front together because again, <clears throat> excuse me, when you move Kyogo wide as he did the other night, you know, he doesn't really do very much. You know, great through the centre, brilliant through the centre. You move him wide for me against a man down. If we get the big two, if we get those two up front, and certainly against certain teams at home at Celtic Park, where you're going to make chance after chance after chance. If you've got two strikers up there, then you're going to convert more often than not. So I'd love to see that tomorrow, uh, given the way the big chart played. Yeah. I think you might see that tomorrow, Jim. Hope so. You know, sometimes there's a week in a lull after a European tie. Mm. And I think that's an option that he has to keep it a freshness about it. Because the one thing about Jackie Mack is he looked fit and he looked sharp and he looked hungry. Mm. And I think he might want to see what he does in 90 minutes. I could be wrong on that, but I, I would certainly consider it, you know, 
Uh, and also, also, we put loads of high balls into the box, which are a waste of time. Yeah. Big chaps there, yeah, you know, you've got a kind of 50-50 chances going to go. So, yeah, it'd be good to see him as soon as possible. Because I said last week, here's a guy who, as we all know, is the top scorer in Holland. So you want to, you want to win the park to see what he can do. You want to give him his first few games in two or three months' time. He starts banging in goals and you say, why don't we play him earlier in the season? Uh, but not in place of Kyogo, get the two of them together. Yeah, interesting question for you, Jim. If you if you had to pick Kyogo out wide or Abada out wide, who are you picking? <laughs> uh, Montgomery. <laughs> Fair play. I think. I, I just think. I think if you put, I think Kyogo is, is is outstanding through the centre, and and uh, he doesn't really take players on. I don't think you know that's that's his game either. And I think we've got. I think Adam Montgomery further forward. I like Montgomery. I thought he was a wee bit off it on, on Tuesday in terms of his passing, but he's got the confidence to go forward. I think right at the start of the second half, I think it was he had much of a, he had, he had a reasonably poor first half, but right at the start of the second half, he took a ball on the halfway line and took players on. So he's so he a dead confident player, and I'd like to see him further up the park. Where if, if he makes a mistake, it doesn't matter that much. Whereas when he made mistakes at the back, that that pass he did to McGregor, and all of a sudden we could have lost a goal, you know, but. I just like to see him further forward, and I thought uh, Yota was outstanding. But I thought Yota's best game this season was the way to bet it, where they played on the right. Mm. You know, so I'd rather, as, as I said the other week, I think uh, I can I can have four one three two for me, where I'd have Yota on the right and Montgomery or Mikey Johnson on the left, uh, with the two guys up front, and you can rotate Turnbull and Roger with Carmack in the middle and the usual back four. But uh, yeah, but it'd be great to see the two guys up front because I think it'd be really exciting. Uh, but the great thing about that there that you've named, Jim, there is now options. Yes. That, mm. Right, yes. up until this moment. And that's a brilliant managerial headache to have. This is now when Anne starts earning his comp, but it's just great to have options. And he's always said, once he has options, that you'll see the best of the team. So you, you are looking forward to moving forward, uh, going forward with confidence. You know, you're, you're looking forward to see what the, the team can produce now. You know, it's... And, uh, and also... Just to qualify, I'm not against the badder. I just think he's been he's been relatively oh, poor the past four, five, six games. And I think if we somebody else contributing more, <clears throat> I think that would benefit the team. That's he's right. also 20 years old, Jim. So that's a big fact. I know you're not a big age man and stuff like that, but he. I think there's two ways of looking. I think there's, I think there's two ways of looking at Tony. You can see he's only 20. Therefore, you can expect inconsistency. Yeah. But 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 keeping him in the team when he's not playing particularly well. It's about no. like saying that guy's 36, but he's been no, playing every week. Leave him out because he's not playing well. So, I, 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 agree, a good player, I, mean, <clears throat> I expect inconsistency. <clears throat> I just think it's maybe time for a change. That's all. I actually agree with you that he should come out the team because he's gone off the boil. I'm, I'm agreeing with that wholeheartedly in Dorsa, and I would want the two guys up front as well. So, I think if you're going to rest somebody, I think it's time a badder. Uh, was pulled out the team for a, for a, wee, a wee spell because well, he's not producing. As listen, much as he has earlier. So. Listen, Tony, I, I am not going to enter into this debate because I am biased far too much one way. Any football player that I've spoken to and has answered a question of mine is a pal of mine, and Leal Abada is that for me, so I'm going to keep out of this one. He stays, Leal Abada stays, Laura. <laughs> You're biased. And you spoke You'd earlier. play Westlife in the team, so you would. Aye, so I would. Nicky Burn up front if you're watching. I know you've come for some <laughs> uh, charity matches, so if you uh, want to play up No front. idea who that is. Have you told me? <laughs> you need to watch a bit more Strictly. They were on on Saturday, Jim. They were on on Saturday. 
What's that? Strictly what? What's, what's that? <laughs> Speaking of things that you love to see, as Tony said earlier, Paddy Lavery on YouTube has said that Laura is rocking the um, Princess Leia look today, which I, I do appreciate. But I have to say, Paddy, you would not want to see me in a gold bikini to save your life, honest to goodness. Um, another question there from Robert Ingram on YouTube. Uh, Ralston for future captain. I don't know if it's tongue in cheek, but Tony Jim said earlier about Ralston. He's in one of his top five of the season. At what point do we stop talking about Ralston as playing better than we expect, and actually just come to the conclusion that he is a good player doing the job he's supposed to do? He's doing exactly what it says in the tin at the minute. So it ain't broke. Don't fix it, you know. And he, he he's won over a lot of people, myself included. You know, uh, he, he he's wholehearted. He, he gives a hundred percent effort, and he's committed. And I think there was a another wee incident where Ralston actually went for somebody and pointed in his face because they had injured a Celtic player. You don't see that enough. Mm. And I, I uh, and also as well when Turnbull gave away the goal in the European game against Bayer Leverkusen, and he, and he lay there on the turf, and Ralston grabbed him and said, "Get up, get on with it." You know, and maybe you don't associate these things with Alston, but there's subtle nuances that he, he's becoming a team player. He's embracing the role in the team. He's becoming an important player in the team and things like that. I love mm, to see yeah. that because there's a still of him pointing a guy's face as if you do that again, I'll do you. And then he was grabbing Turnbull and saying, right, you can't change it. Don't let it affect your game. Do something constructive then. You know, yeah, you actually sort mm. of... Couldn't couldn't read what he was saying, but I'm sure it was what's to that effect. Tumble was just lying there, crestfallen. But mm. the game, there was still mm. plenty of time in the game, and that you know. So I admire those things about Ralston because he has taken a barricade and a shuriken from someone like myself as well. But I've came on this pod and I put my hand up and I said, you know what, I'm willing to cut him some slack. And these are things that I like, and these are things that the supporters see. You know, that's two instances, and as Jim pointed out that. He's now play, he's playing uh, full back inverted full back right winger, you know, because of a badness ducking for him, you know. So yeah, I think you have to a, a, a major hat tip to Ralston, you know, and just say the pressure that's been applied on him, he, he's he's risen to it and he's stepped it up to the plate and fair play to him and, and long may it continue. Chipped in with a few goals this season as well, yeah. especially at the beginning of the season. I yeah. think he's also maybe one of the guys that the newer players are looking to because there's not many players that have been there for a while. And I think also you don't have to have lots of great players to be a great team. You know, you can have players who, you know, perform a certain function. Mm. You know, so even though he's maybe not the most talented guy in the world, I think he's a consistent seven out of ten. So yeah, I think easily in my top five players. Hopefully that continues for the season because uh, he has been a great contribution. Yeah, absolutely. It's never a bad thing to have a <clears throat> a Celtic Academy graduate in the team and it's something that we always uh, strive to, to make sure happens. Jim, I wanted to talk to you about another Academy graduate. Callum McGregor did have a great game on Tuesday and, and I'm not doubting that. He unfortunately missed the penalty and it did make me wonder, you know, we we often struggle as a Celtic team to find a consistent penalty taker who can put the ball away for us. Is there a reason, do you think, why 
he's the one that's taking the penalty when we do have other more natural goal scorers in the team? Or um, who would be your option for, for taking penalties going forward, do you think? I think Callum taking it is just a, a responsibility thing. I'm the captain, so I'll take it. But you, like you, I've got a very simple theory. If you're paid to score goals, then you take the penalties. It's uh, For two reasons. One, I think you should be the best at it. And two, if you're a striker, you want to score as many goals as possible. So mm. a shot from 12 yards unimpeded, why wouldn't you take that one? So uh, Kyogo, for me, is, is the kind of obvious choice. Or maybe even Yota, uh, mm. because they play forward. Uh, or somebody who's got a really hard shot, I suppose, going back to the days of Tommy Game, we'll just run away and... Aye, and I think uh, Carl McGregor has got a decent shot on him. Uh, Roger's got a decent shot on him. Turnbull's got a decent shot on him. So these are the guys who take set pieces. So if you... If you're pretty confident to take a set piece with like 10 guys standing in front of you and you're 25 yards out, 12 yards out, unimpeded, you should fancy your chances. But not for me, it would always be a striker. Always be a striker. Yeah. Tony, that, that, that's, that's an interesting thing that Tony uh, that Jim raises. is like, And it went through my head when I saw McGregor stepping up to take it. There's a list of people that should come before him, surely. I know that he, he'll feel the responsibility as a captain, but surely there's more natural choices there. Well, my natural choice would be Kyogo for the reason that Jim said strikers always want to score goals. You know, free shot from 12 yards, they would score more than they'd miss. And then David Turnbull, natural striker of a football. You know what I mean? So that that's who would be in front of Carlo McGregor in my mind. Now, it's all about attitude as well. Some guys don't like hitting penalties, I get that. And Callum took it as clearly took the ball as a responsibility thing, as Jim said, but I would want strikers to take penalties all the time. Because I think strikers, you know, they're used to scoring all types of goals. But see if your striker is a penalty taker, he would practice them, wouldn't he? Mm. And he would practice them till they got it right. You know, David Beckham used to practice free kicks till it, be- till it became second nature to ping a ball 25 yards into the top corner. You know what I mean? The one he plonked down against Greece took England mm. to the World Cup. You know, it was just natural ability. You practice yeah. something, you get good at it. You know what I mean? It's funny, that, isn't it? And Beckham was one of these guys that took 100 balls after training and plonked three kicks into the top corner. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Footballers, if you're a striker, I would I would do that. And you're a penalty taker, I would do that. Till it becomes second nature. You know, and Celtic have missed a few penalties of late. Yeah, I remember Christie missing one mm-hmm. against Rangers. Uh, McGregor saved it. You know, I don't think since Dembele they've had a natural penalty taker. Yeah, Eddie. 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 Well, I think it's a fascinating subject. Yeah, and I would always be a striker in in favour of a striker taking penalties or a natural striker of a ball, which to me is Turnbull then. Mm -hmm. Because if you can let it in from 25, 30 yards, then, you know, from 12 yards. I think it's back to that whole mentality thing, Tony. And that, you know, stepping up there, the expectation that you're going to score, all eyes are on you. You know, you've everything to lose because, you know, people are expecting you to score. And I find that fascinating. I thought Dem- you, you mentioned Dembele was, was, was excellent. Eddie, although he missed a few, he, he had that confidence to do that yeah. in, the, in, the, in the cup final. But I find it fascinating when, 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 when forwards don't take penalties, particularly yeah, if it's yeah. a penalty shootout. You go back to the Euros there. I think Sterling didn't take a penalty, did he? When, when yeah, he yeah, the yeah. Final. Right. And you're thinking, why right. would you not take a penalty? Because you're kind of best place. So maybe it's a... But it was a kind of mental thing that didn't really fancy being in that position. Uh, and I don't know, but uh, I agree with Tony Kyogo 
is the guy to take them. Uh, and yeah. maybe the maybe the big Dutch the, 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 maybe the well, big I, guy might be not bad either. So yeah, I we'll see what happens. I wouldn't uh, be averse to him hitting them if he yeah. if he wants them, you know. Yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of comments coming in in regard to it, just in, in what we've what we've been talking about. Stevie Boy on YouTube says Ralston has done nothing but improve. Give, gives 110 percent. He gets my nod. Um, uh, Kieran 1888, uh, I think, is on a gym side as far as the Tommy Gennaro reference is concerned. Just yeah. give it a long run up and take the goalie into the back of the net with it. Uh, Lanky 67 uh, makes a good point. Says David Turnbull took penalties for Motherwell when he played for them. I don't know what his conversion rate was like but certainly he's, he's never afraid to step up for a set piece so maybe a penalty would be in the would be uh, in the offing for him as well so all all uh, interesting points I'm sure probably if we looked long enough uh, I even saw somebody suggest Joe Hart so you know you could get somebody uh, back in each and every player in the team um, having said that you know, we might get a chance to see who's a penalty taker tomorrow on Saturday against St Johnston. Who knows? A three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday, a rarity these days. Tony, I'll come to you first. Um, I was looking just because I think we've all got this uh, positive opinion of St Johnston and what they've done, uh, which is fair enough. Uh, they won two league, uh, two cups last season. Uh, Callum Davidson is doing a fantastic job with them with the resources that he's got. But I looked. I think they're sitting ninth in the table at the moment. They've lost four of their um, four of their opening nine games. Three of those in the last five games. Is this as much of a challenge for us as we maybe like to think it is? Or what? What do you? What problems do you see St Johnston giving us tomorrow? Callum Davidson should have retired from management after last season. <laughs> it was only going to go one way down, you know. But uh, listen, they've held on to the nucleus of that squad, you know. They're not have they're not a bad team. They're not all of a sudden become a bad team. You know, they're having a bad spell last season. They had a good spell, they won the two trophies. You know, every every team that Celtic play will present its own challenge. You know, the, the one thing Celtic have to guard against is, you know, complacency and thinking that's it, they've turned the corner. That's that's that winning run uh, coming to fruition. The minute you think like that, you'll get smacked in the face. You know, it's not a kind of team to, to do that. You know, you know the way they'll play. They like to sit in and they'll play the three or four across the back. Big Effie's there now as well, isn't he? You know, but it was a surprise result of last week's fixtures that Livingston turned them over 3 nothing. You know, so I, I think if you're Celtic, you're maybe getting St Johnson at an optimum time, you know, when you can maybe inflict some further damage on them. You know, and Celtic are kind of riding crest of a wee wave at the minute, they're playing well, they're at home, they'll have the crowd on their side, three o'clock kickoff as you you said, there'll be a full house there you know, so all the ingredients and conditions are there for, for Celtic to go and possibly swap St Johnston aside, but you have to be mindful of the threat that they pose and you know, you've got to be on it if you're not on it, if you're not on it you know, you'll, you'll find out the hard way again, but as I say, I, I think there's momentum. Momentum's with Celtic, and I can't see anything other than a home win tomorrow, or a, a possibly convincing one. So I, I think it's probably a good time to be playing a team that maybe have a lacking in confidence, with the other side, you know, brimming with confidence. Hundred percent. I, I, I have to say, I, I'm probably on board with that, Jim. Do you agree? Are we? 
riding the crest of a wave at the moment? Do you see it carrying us through the game tomorrow, or are you anticipating problems from St Johnston? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say we're riding a crest of a wave. I think that's a bit <laughs> up there somewhere. I think. Uh, I've had a kind of so-so start to the season, but of a kind of yo-yo St. Johnson, you know, after last season's heroics. Uh, on the day that a match for anyone, as people would say, they should have maybe taken some points off the league leaders. A few weeks ago, they've got players who can cause us problems. But I was just thinking that a couple of weeks or a few weeks ago, I thought Aberdeen would give us a hard game, and Aberdeen were rubbish. I thought Motherwell would give us a hard game last week, and Motherwell were rubbish. So... I'm going to say that St. Johnston are rubbish. <laughs> so that we win quite convincingly, because that's how that should work. But say, no, I think I think they, on their day they're a good team, but I think well, every week we're saying because we've dropped so many points, every game is a must-win game. And and what happened last week at Ibrox has given us all a wee boost to think what's well, only four points in it. And with them playing on Sunday, there's a chance at last to put a little bit of pressure on them to get it down to one and uh I think people are a wee bit uh, off the mark when they talk about maybe their bottles crashing because they drew last week, they had 27 shots and goal last week and mm. scored one goal. So I think they were extremely unlucky not to win last week. Yeah, although they've been lucky maybe in other games to win games. So they're still a good team and they're still a long way to go. So if we don't win tomorrow, you know, we'll be back to crisis again. You know, it's never mind crest of a wave, crisis of a wave uh, <laughs> would end up being. But uh, I'd like to think we can go out there uh, on the back of Tuesday, uh, 60,000 people there. Maybe change up a wee bit, maybe with the two up front, maybe maybe yeah. one or two other wee changes. Keep the keep the, keep the keep the back four the same, the back five the same, but maybe one or two wee changes just to freshen up. Because the point Tony made there, if you're not on it, you know, and I think if you do change one or two, that keeps everyone on their, on their, on their toes. Uh, there's a league there to be won. As I said before, these are all just stepping stones towards the league and don't get too... Up when we win, don't get too down when we lose. We're still well in this. And uh, win tomorrow, and that puts a wee bit of pressure on. Because St Mirren have been playing well. I think they've won the last three games. Uh, mm. uh, so, yeah, yeah, I think we'll win tomorrow, yeah. yeah. Tony, Jim's talked about changes to the lineup, possibly going mm. with two up front. I think you mentioned a 4-1-3-2 earlier in the, earlier in the show. I would love nothing more than a Celtic team to come out at Celtic Park and play that kind of tactic and go go gung-ho for it and see where it gets us. But do you think that that is something that Ange would try and do? Do you think that's a change that we can see, even if it's one that we want? Or do you think he's going to stick with the team that's got us the results that we've got in the past few games? Do you know what? It's uh, As I alluded to earlier, he now has the options to do that. And I, I think he might actually do that tomorrow. I can see Jack and Marcus and Kyogo playing because you maybe want to keep it fresh and, and, and stop that lull, you know, great tabloid journalistic phrase, a European hangover from setting in the night, that, that kind of stuff, right? So you do you if you if you don't want those kind of things to happen, you G it up, keep everybody on their toes, as Jim says, and you, you freshen it up and I think Jack and Marcus would be in the team on merit because his cameo was terrific. And a lot of the Celtic supporters came away thinking, let's well, see what the big man can do from the start. You know, and I think games like tomorrow are tailor-made for Ange to maybe do something like that, you know, and play the two of them through the middle and actually go for it. Because these are the games where you can maybe afford to go gung-ho and see where it, where it takes you and try and finish it early. Try and get yourselves, you know, Jim Cirella, try and kill it early 
Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I feel in the back of my mind, could be wrong, but I think you could be thinking the same. Because I think you might think that, you know, with a crowd behind them and if they can play the football that they want, you know, and get off to a great start, then they can possibly manage to do that. It's now within them. But as I said, the great thing is he's got options and he has got, he can tinker with the side now and, and do certain things. But he's quite steadfast in his beliefs and his system and the way he wants to play. He's not shown too much of that so far. So that that's fair enough. But would you be surprised to see Kyogo and Jack and Marcus start tomorrow? My personal feeling is no. Mm. You know, but because I think it's what a lot of people would want to see. And going back to it, we've spoken about a badder who maybe just needs to come out. So you, you, you cater your lineup for that that kind of change. You know, so I, I I that's what I would do. But what I would do and what Ange would do would be two different things. And tomorrow he'd probably shoot me a glance and say, Oh aye. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> uh, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah. Mate. Yeah. Mate, I get it, Jim, mate. Mate, oh my goodness, talk about a verbal laxative. If I yeah. called me mate, I would be I would be having to, to go somewhere you know, else. I think, I think the consensus here is we'd all like to see that, wouldn't we? Yes. Yeah. You want yeah. to see Celtic go and attack, and, and I think they could do that against St Johnson and get some joy. There's yeah. certainly less risk at Celtic Park to do that yeah. against a team who are in the bottom six, albeit they're a good team. Yeah. Different maybe if they're playing the league leaders or a European game, we might shoot ourselves in the foot. But if you can't ever go yes. after Tuesday playing at home, then you might never do that. But anyway, we'll see what the big man does. Mm-hmm. I, I I would love to see it because I think it would, um, you know, give them the opportunity to really sort of open the tap, so to speak, and, and really like put out a display that really it sort of drives home all the, the philosophies that he talks about. But it remains to be seen. Looking a bit further back in the team, Jim, I wanted to come to you for your thoughts on it because um, obviously we have had a couple of clean sheets now. I had a bit of a reputation for um, making Starfelt a bit of a, a whipping boy uh, earlier on in his mm-hmm. career. Um, shame on you, shame I on know, you. I know, it's almost as if you're not allowed to say when a player plays badly for Celtic, but there you go. He has settled down a little bit, though. Don't get me wrong, there's still some scary moments there. Do you think he's finding his feet a little bit? Do you think there's a partnership building there with him and CCV? See, before answering that question, I'll just go back to the previous question. Mm. Just, just, just kind of thinking there that sometimes when you when you change the formation a wee bit and if it works really, really well, all of a sudden that becomes a new template. Yeah. You know, so if we, you know, if we did do the two up tomorrow and Yakimakis goes a hat trick and Kyogo scores two, you might think, Maybe this is the way to play moving forward. In terms of Starfield, uh, I've said consistently on the podcast that in the big games, I think he's shown up. He has showed up as opposed to being shown up. He has showed up on the big games and I thought he's played really well. Uh, there's always a wee mistake in him, maybe, and I think and hopefully we can get that out of his game. I think he forms a decent partnership with Carlton Vickers. Uh, I think people say we want Julian back uh, Julian's getting better with every week he's not playing. Uh, so, could you get better than Starfield for four million quid? I think you could. Mm. Uh, has he has he played well in the big games? I think he has. I've said that consistently. Has he got the odd mistake in him? Yes, he has. And I think that's a wee bit of his game we need to kind of take out. He had a wee kind of daft mistake the other night, the other day, which wasn't too clever. And I think he's getting used to the whole heart attack football along the back four. You know, and I think that'll come in time. 
Because when you watch other teams play that kind of football, they look so much more confident. They look so much more quicker. I think we just look a bit laboured. You know, it's very kind of over to you, back to me, over to you. But whereas other teams, when you watch them the continent, it's a faster version of that. Yeah. So I'm not so sure whether the two guys we've got playing centre-back are kind of like ideal for that kind of game. But that's the way the big man wants to play. So he will keep playing the game. But in terms of defending, you know, your last-ditch tackles, putting your head on the ball when you need to put your head on the ball, I think he's been absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. So shame on you, Laura. Shame on you. I know, I know. And and, and there I've gone changed my mind as well. You're not allowed to do that either. <laughs> we'll do a bad one next week. Okay. So. <laughs> when, he, when he goes out and scores a hat-trick against St. Johnston, Jim. We'll yes. yes we visit that, yes. <laughs> um, Tony, it's a, it's, a, it's a funny one because as much as I'm talking to Jim about Starfelt and his improved performances... The man at his, his side in the centre-back position, uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers, has come in and looked as at home as any new signing has for Celtic, to the point where hardly anybody's even talking about him, really. Um, what have you made of the way he's settled in? Is he somebody you'd like to see us try and bring permanently to the club? That's a good thing that nobody's talking about him, isn't it? Yeah. He's just under the radar and he's performing steadily. Seven, eight out of ten type performances. Mm. Really just gets it, you know, and yeah. knows what's required and has taken it all on his stride. Looks a bit unflappable, you know, and uh, pretty cool, you know. And, and uh, yeah, he said a couple of mistakes thinking the Betis game and stuff, but he's learned from them clearly because he's not made many after that, has he? No. And actually one of the best... Uh, one of our better attacks against Bayer Leverkusen was a 50 yards through the middle to Kyogo from from a CCV. Mm. Brilliant, brilliant pass. You know, again, Kyogo took it and he tried to go around the goalkeeper instead of maybe having a first-time shot once he controlled it. But, you know, so yeah, I've been really impressed by Carter Vickers. And because he's been so good, I actually think he's complimented Starfelt. And Starfelt used his game a bit. So the two of them have kind of dovetailed a wee bit together, and he's and he's thinking, do you know what this guy's? He's, you know, he's taking his lead, you know. And I, I agree with Jim. They they don't look particularly comfortable with the ball playing it around at the back. It's very slow. It's deliberate. It looks cumbersome at times, especially with Starfelt. But I think Carter Vickers out the two is sort of saying, look, I'll take it off you if you feel under pressure. I'll do that. I'll look up. I'll maybe. Shell the odd one long looking for Kyogo. She'd always be looking for Kyogo because he's always on the move. And I think I think Carter Vickers has grasped that very quickly. Because mm. you see him now and again looking up and thinking, <laughs> Am I good enough to get it to him <laughs> from like 70 yards away? Uh, and he did against Leverkusen, it was a brilliant pass, so he's got that in his locker. But I'm I'm very happy with uh, Cameron Carter Vickers. And I think it's now we've got the option to buy. Him, haven't they? They should be having a look at that, as with Jota as well. They should yeah, be uh, Jamie Young on YouTube is actually saying he's out of, he might be out of contract at the end of the season, so I don't know if that's the case or not. Well, fair enough. Well, whatever he is, Celtic should be looking at that right now and trying to get him on a on a permanent deal because he has come in, he's looked apart, and he's solidified that defence. And you can argue the toss about when Julie comes back, does he come in for Starfield or or whoever? But I mean, I think I think Starfelt's raised his game a wee bit, you know, and 
you know, from small acorns, that's two clean sheets in a bounce. That works wonders for defenders' confidence. That's what they play football for. They pride themselves in that, you know. So as much as they, we were having a go at them, or, you know, for losing goals at the end, at the start of the season, at the start of the campaign, you have to praise them when they've not lost goals in the last two games. Regardless of the opposition, they can only play what's in front of them. So, you know, you can argue the Tosha Jim said Motherwell were rubbish. That's that's where they were. They never tested your heart. Ferenc Faros could have punished Celtic, but they didn't. So, you know, fair play to the defenders. And, you know, Starfield is just, he, I think a lot of people's personal juries out at this minute in time, but they're, they're warming to them. They're, they're, they're coming round, you know, so hopefully that can continue. I think fans tend to be the mind up pretty quickly on someone and it's hard to change their mind. Once they've made their mind up, I don't yeah. like this guy, then, then they're looking they're looking for yeah. reasons not to like him. You know, we're waiting for that mistake. Told you. Told you we're doing yeah, that. So, so it's always harder to win people over. Whereas if you go off to a really good start, like the big championships, Jackie Mackey, I think, guys, he looks really good. <laughs> you know, he's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, may be, he may be rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's almost, I, I see Stamp felt almost as a one man representation of how the season's going. Everybody wasn't sure at the start, it was looking a bit shaky. That's it's deep. That, Oof, that's deep. It, it, well, you know, I just, you know, there's a lot going on under this uh, Princess Leia hairdo, I have to say. I, I think Ange would say that's controversial, mate. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Uh, Why? Oh, wow. Oh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm sure, I didn't say it in front of him then. I'm sure, I'm sure you would explain yourself well, Laura. I mean, that's, there's no, I don't think there's any problem with that. You know, I mean, as long as you can back tell you, Tony, you've been on a pod with me nearly a year now. You know I'm not going to be able to explain myself properly. Um, speak, <laughs> but anyway, another player we're looking at, another lone player we're looking at, Jim, who had an outstanding uh, second half, certainly, against Ferencvaros the other night, made that amazing pass, was Jota. I think he's quickly becoming a fan favourite. Do you think he's worth shelling out the, the rumoured six and a half million pounds that Benfica would be looking for to make him a permanent signing? I think you have to maybe wait to maybe halfway through the season, let's see how things go. But certainly uh, he's made a a great start. What I like about him, he, he's heads up all the time and he'll take players on. And <laughs> I'm not having to go to bat again. But anytime <laughs> they give the ball to Yota, he's heads up and he's taking players on. And you can't expect him to, 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 to kind of get by players all the time. So even if he does that 60% of the time, he's going to create things. I like that about him. Uh, he can play in both wings. He's got two good feet. He can score a goal. I think he's been a wee bit careless in front of goal. I think there's lots of goals to come from him. Uh, I think we've been guilty in the past of somebody played a few good games and you say, you need to sign this guy. Uh, at the moment, I would be thinking, yes, we should maybe sign the guy, but... Let's see where we are in a few months' time. I don't know what the details are or uh, whether, you know, do we, have we, if we get first dibs on him come the end of the season, we pay six and a half and we get him, or does he have other choices as well, or whatever. Uh, if that's the case, could we get in and buy him quickly? And then that, that, that kind of sorts all that stuff out. So obviously, all these loan deals are quite complex. And if you're Yota, then you've kind of put yourself in the short window. And as Tony said, the sublime nature of that pass has been all around Europe. Mm. Who's that guy who plays for Benfica? Does he? Well, we'll have a look at him, maybe. And he's not tied down to Celtic. No, he's not. So, depending on the kind of legally contractual uh, stuff that's behind this, who knows? But he certainly played really, really well. 
He, he plays in the top end of the park. He, he beats players. He can score goals. He's a pretty confident guy. Yeah, good hairstyle, the whole thing. <laughs> you know. So uh, I would say yes at this point in time, but maybe give him another couple of months and kind of see how things pan out. But uh, on the evidence of what he's done so far, uh, it's a kind of thumbs up for me. Yeah. I'll tell you something. If there's not a, an a, adapted version of Last Christmas getting played uh, at Celtic Park or sung at Celtic Park, uh, this Christmas and New Year, I'll be very disappointed. So anybody in the chat who's responsible for getting these chants started at Celtic Park, get on it. Um, you're making the lyrics up as you go along, Laura. We'll settle a mind to it at some point. I, I wandered lonely as a clown springs to mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very apt, isn't it? <laughs> Tony, what's your opinion on Jota? Are you, are you already nailed down thinking we've got to do what we can to get yeah. him? Or are you more, more with Jim? We, we need to give it a bit more time. Yeah, give it a bit more time. But the great thing is that unlike other loan deals, Celtic do have first refusal on them which is a, a change to the normal loan deals that they, they'd set up. They've got first refusal on him and Cameron Carter-Vickers. Now, come the end of the season, Jota's price will be what it is. You've got a simple yes or no question. If he plays the way he has done till the end of the season, then it's a no-brainer, isn't it? You share out the money, and I think it is six and a half million, isn't it? So come the end of but you know, So you have first refusal on a player like that, so Tony, 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 what, what if Yota doesn't fancy coming? Well, that's the thing. Well, he doesn't sign, does he? You mm. can't convince him to sign if he doesn't want to. Mm. But you know, uh, but I guess if he plays the way he is and he's enjoying it and he's happy, then there's no substitute for a happy footballer. Mm. And I think that's quite uh, it's quite seductive playing in front of the Celtic fans, sixty thousand people. You know, there's not very many clubs in Europe where you can play that, you can play regular European football and you can win and be successful and you can be loved. You know, I, I think they're quite powerful, you know, I'll say the word in inverted commas, drugs for a footballer. You know, they, mm-hmm. they like that kind of thing. And at this moment in time, Jota's in a place where he's absolutely adored and he's loved at this minute in time. He's striking up a brilliant, uh, you know, partnership or understanding with Kyogo even to the point where he said the other day, Kyogo doesn't speak any English. That doesn't make any difference. I'll learn Japanese if I have to speak to him to, communi- to communicate with him. I just thought that, that's, that's a lovely touch, that. I mean, imagine a player saying that about another individual from another country and saying, doesn't matter if you can't speak English, I'll go and learn Japanese and I'll be able to communicate with you. But didn't seem to have a problem communicating mm-hmm. the language of football the other day, you know, so... You, you say to yourself, this is all going well. And if you can keep them all together, then you do feel as if you're on the cusp of something special moving forward. You know, and at the end of the season, we'll find out if they stay. But I think there's no substitute for being happy, mm-hmm. being successful, scoring goals, being a pivotal player, being a big fish. All right, might be in a small pool. And I get what you're saying, Jim. Other people will be watching Jota as well. But one thing Celtic do have, is the first refusal on it. And if the guy's anywhere near happy, then I think you'd be inclined to stay, especially if they win the league and you could maybe play in the Champions League. And then you mm-hmm. you accept that these guys are here for as long as they're here for, you know, two years, two and a half years, maybe, tops. You know, but I yeah, think... That, that, is a there a figure been mentioned for Carter Vickers? Has there a number been mentioned in terms of transfer fees? Not that I'm aware of. Maybe some mm-hmm. commenters can 
tell me, tell me different. But you know, Laura I, said he could be available in a free at the end of the season. So yeah, one of the commenters did say they thought he was out of contract at the end of the season. So that that would be a, bit a couple of million and get him now. That kind of yeah, you know. So that 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 would be that would that would be sensible, wouldn't it? Hmm. You know, because when he's available for a free, then lots of people would come in, wouldn't they? Yeah. And maybe maybe Trump. Yeah, that's that's the that's yeah. the thing. You know, but I, I'm pleased with Jota and Cameron Carter Vickers at the moment. I'm pleased with their contribution, and you know, the, the, there is the temptation to say sign them now. That's the thing, isn't it? You know, because they're playing well. So you wait a wee bit longer. But I certainly think there'd be no harm in starting the ball rolling on conversations to see where their heads at, you know, uh, and then having more conversations as the season progresses to see if their head's still in that place. Yeah, I think I think a couple of things to say in his favour is, you know, he really does look like he's enjoying his football, which we haven't been able to say about every Celtic player over the last few years. And the other thing is as well, I'm just looking at his statistics here, he's actually made only 23 uh, senior appearances since making his senior debut for Benfica in, in 2018. So, you know, you wonder for a player who's been in and about the first team since 2018, still going out on loan three years later, how close is he to ever having, you know, a career to speak of at, at Benfica? And therefore, is he already thinking, well, I'm on the way out the door, I may as well go somewhere that I'm enjoying my football. And like you say, there are a few player places in in Europe that would be more enjoyable than a Celtic park where you're having success, you know. So see those stats, Laura. Does that not sound kind of similar to Mikey Johnson a wee bit in terms of a, you know, a little bit, yeah. And, you know, yeah. I think and, and I think that if you looked at that that way, I, I know, like if Mikey Johnson went out on loan and was getting regular football and being loved somewhere else, I'm sure he would consider the move as well. Mm. So it's all about. Like, like you say, Tony, getting playing time, getting uh, being happy playing your football, and and he's certainly getting that here. So, um, it'll be an interesting one to try and establish whether mm-hmm. we can get a hold of him or whether uh some he's somebody that we can look to for the future. Um, talking about Yakimakis, just to close up, Jim, he the thing I liked about him in the Ferenc Faros game was. As Tony said before, he had that mix of uh, not to use another, you know, football and cliche, but a good touch for a big man. He was like physical. He looked as if he was mobile as well, which you don't always get with a player of his stature. If he can get in the team, he's going to be hard to he's going to be hard to shift both physically and otherwise, isn't he? Before I answer the question, I just remember there's a food bank collection tomorrow before the game. So uh, right. that's the most important thing I've said today. So if you're going to the game tomorrow, please bring along a bag or two of food for, for those less fortunate. Uh, Absolutely. Yakimakis, I would cover that earlier. I think well, Tony and I are both big fans of the big chap. Uh, mm. He'll give anyone problems. He looked dead confident. Uh, as I said before, he scored bags of goals last season. Just just give him a chance. Mm. All we are saying is give him a chance. <laughs> please. <laughs> Please, please, Ange, mate, give him a chance. Give him a full game and let's see what he can do. Because as I said earlier, that you know, it'd be terrible if he doesn't start playing for a couple of months' time and he starts buying goals in for fun. Because as I said, also, if you maybe change the shape a wee bit, I mean, play all the football we're playing, all the passing game, you keep on that going with a slight tweak with a big guy up front. And if he does go to town and score goals and we found a new hero, then we're even more confident moving, moving forward. But if we don't do that, then we'll never know. So play on, please, Ange, mate. 
Before Tony makes his greet in the last minute. I know, that's it. <laughs> You've got a minute, Tony. A minute to no, make his greet. Go, I, I, now. I, I, I'll spare you the rod on that one. I would just like to see the, the Greek striker as well. So, yeah, it's, it's, in the famous Monty Python sketch, you know, German philosophers against the Greek philosophers and John Cleese shouts, here comes the Greeks. Yeah, that's what we want tomorrow. Here comes the Greeks. Here we come want. the Greeks. Yeah, no, yeah. I, think, I think we'll bow out on that particular uh, phrase and say thank you very much to everybody for watching us today. It's been a really enjoyable one today. Thank you to Jim. Thank you to Tony. And we will be back on a Celtic State of Mind tomorrow for the match coverage starting at half past two. See yeah. you then. Report. Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast Network. Network.